Do you need a break? You read my mind. Come with me. Hello and happy Thanksgiving to all of my U.S. listeners. I'm recording this on Thanksgiving Thursday, November 23rd, 2023. I'm Father Roderick. I'm a geek and I'm a priest. And that's what we're talking about. About this connection between the world of geeks and the world of faith. So sit back, relax and enjoy the show. And let me start by saying that even though we don't celebrate Thanksgiving Day here in the Netherlands, it's always a good reminder that we have to be thankful every day. And there's always something to be grateful for, even though sometimes the world that surrounds us may seem full of doom and gloom. But it also depends on where you focus, on where you look. So don't, of course, don't try to shut yourself out from the world around you. We need to be compassionate. We need to pray for for, for you know, all that darkness to be um, hopefully... Um, counteracted by by the light that God wants us to be in this world, but also don't forget to to balance it out by by looking at what's positive, what what fills you with joy and with with you know with hope. And for me, stories are that part of reality that always brighten my mood, even if I'm feeling down or I'm 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 discouraged by what happens in the world. Um, the stories are always aspirational, and I love especially fantasy, science fiction stories, the stuff that I talk about here on the show, because those stories always, even though sometimes they may be about wars, they may be about strife, they may be about terror or uh, alien invaders or Daleks, um, they always end well. There's always a message that as long as you stay together, as long as you as you value friendship, then that strength, that bond between our characters will always be able to vanquish even the worst enemy. And, and we need those stories. I desperately need those stories, especially now. Speaking of Daleks, today is also not just Thanksgiving Day in the US, but this is also the day of the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. Um, and I have this wonderful clip that I would love to play over uh, the, not over the speakers, as I was just doing, but I would like to play this over my roadcaster so you can listen to it too. It's a compilation, it's a one minute compilation of all the doctors ever since the birth of this wonderful science fiction show. Always search for truth. My truth is in the stars. There is only one form of life that matters. Dalek life. What is your native planet? Gallifrey. I am a Time Lord. There's no point in being grown up if you can't be childish sometimes. You know the Daleks? Better than you could possibly imagine. We meet again, Doctor. You're expecting someone else? Hello, I'm the Doctor. Ashes to ashes. Dust to dust. Rob. It's taken me all these years to realize the laws of time are mine. And they will obey me! You know me? The doctor. The oncoming storm. I mean why me? Who are you? Oh, you know who I am. Oh, brilliant. Here we go. Something's coming for me. I can feel it.
I so love that show. And it was great to see in this short clip. You can just look at, uh, at it for it online on, on Facebook, on the Doctor Who account, on various social media. You'll find this compilation. I was so happy to see my Doctor Who, Tom Baker, uh, featured pretty pretty heavily in this in this short trailer tom baker uh, for me is 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 doctor who everything who came be everyone who came before him and after him were just substitute doctors and this is because i watched doctor who from when i was in primary school until i was like halfway through secondary school um or high school or whatever you want to call it and uh, I, I still remember that this was a one of the rare foreign shows that were shown on Dutch television. At the time, we didn't have cable. Cable was somewhere in the future. We heard that in the United States, that land of, of mirac- miracles and, and technical uh, future, they were able to see more than just two TV channels. In, in my where I lived, when I grew up, we had two TV channels, and it came in over the air. We had a black and white TV. And most of the programs, just cost-wise, were, were just uh, produced in the Netherlands. And we had our own, um, our own production of, uh, of fantasy and children's series, and, and I, I loved all of those. But Doctor Who, for me, was just one of those moments where I could connect with stories from another culture. And even though it was just across the pond from England, it still felt very exotic. And this introduced me even before Star Wars, to to the world of fantasy and science fiction, especially science fiction, because Doctor Who does have some fantasy elements, but it's mostly science fiction. And this whole idea of an, an ongoing story, because all these episodes were interconnected, and oftentimes they would have... Um, storylines that would span several weeks and we would just watch one episode and then I would be ready in front of the television for to see the, the, the next part of the story. A lot of those stories, um, when you re-watch them now, they feel very slow and ponderous and, of course, the special effects were really cheap. And uh, um, But the storytelling was so good and I remember how that show made me feel like, wow, there's this amazing story and, and, and this is a series that has been started in the 60s, which to me as a child felt like an eternity ago. That was before I was born. That's how old this show is. And, and then to be in the middle of that ongoing story, I never thought at the time that I would still be a, a Doctor Who fan so many decades later. It's similar to Star Wars where I felt like, well, Star Wars is over and it'll never be back. So I'm just going to watch reruns, and now Star Wars has never been more alive. And the same is true for Doctor Who. We can look forward to new episodes of Doctor Who. There's going to be another, a new Doctor. And ever since they rebooted the series after this long hiatus, I think it's been amazing. Of course, you, you, you can have qualms about this or that episode or certain showrunners that weren't you know, on the level of other ones. But in general... I have to say, it's fantastic uh, entertainment. And another thing that I really appreciate, and this, this trailer reminded me uh, of that, is how much the show itself is filled with hope. This Time Lord, this doctor who keeps generating into different forms and even genders, um, is from uh, from a, the planet of Gallifrey. And he's not the only Time Lord. There are many of them, but most of them will just observe what's going on. Yes, they're 
kind of timekeepers. But this doctor, our doctor, is the one who steps into history, intervenes and fights evil and tries to protect the weak. And that actually is almost like a subliminal mm, Christian message, I would say, because it is, in a way, a metaphor or like a, a, a how you say that, a, like a, an analog story to to the way people look at gods you know god gods are always seen or often seen as these entities that live beyond the realm of of physics and time and space um and when you need them they're not there they don't get involved you you have to pray and you have to beg and you have to bring sacrifices to try to get them to do something uh, but they're pretty much hands off this is a reason why a lot of people don't believe in god anymore because it's like yeah god sure you're you're delusional you know just let's do this ourselves because what is god going to do it, it's, it's, there is no magical uh, guy behind the curtains who is pulling the strings no that's just a, a delusion that keeps us from actually becoming active well this may be true for some religions but Christianity, I think, is, is in a sense, a bit similar to Doctor Who in a, in, in a way that that, that God who, who sometimes seems very hands-off, becomes very hands-on, steps into our history, even though he himself is beyond time and space, and he becomes part of our life, and he gives his life to save us and to protect the, the, the meek and the humble and the sick and the orphaned, and thereby giving us... Uh, an example of how he wants us to be involved in this world. So it's never just about the doctor. The doctor in Doctor Who is showing what we can do. And, and the story is trying to incentivize us to not just observe the gloom and doom in the world, but to get involved and to follow his example and to, in the midst of all that doom and gloom and all the threats that can destroy life, to still have a sense of humor, to relativize things, to you know, laugh about it because ultimately it's everything is going to perish. You know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, as one of these doctors said in the in the trailer. So what have we got to lose? Uh, you only have one life. It's very short. So why don't you just follow the doctor's example or I mean, if you want to put this in a Christian context, why don't you follow in the footsteps of Jesus who actually gave his relatively short life here on earth to make sure that the people that are always marginalized, who are attacked from all sides and denigrated and excluded, um, have a place in his heart and are helped and are healed and are fed and are um, lifted up. That's, that's kind of the same dynamic and same kind of story. So anyway, that's my love for Doctor Who. I'd love to hear what you think of Doctor Who. Um, so let me know in the comments, oh, who is your favorite Doctor? What is your favorite storyline in the Doctor Who saga? And from Doctor Who, let's move into another galaxy far, far away. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. I would like to talk about some super, super exciting Star Wars news that broke this past week, or actually just in the last few days. The first one, and I think this is the, this is the biggest piece of news, is that Dave Filoni, the, the, the writer who started off as an assistant of, of George Lucas and was really formed by George Lucas into this 
the, the narrative of Star Wars and the deeper layers of Star Wars and, you know, what makes Star Wars Star Wars. He has been the creator of the, of the Clone Wars. Uh, he's, he's, he's been involved before he did Star Wars in, in, in other amazing projects like Avatar, The Last Airbender. That was all Dave Filoni. And then he, he, he worked for Lucasfilm, um, creating the Clone Wars, creating Star Wars Rebels. And now, of course, he's very important in the whole television um, era of Star Wars, where he was one of the co-creators of The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, <clears throat> now, of course, the Ahsoka series. Um, uh, he, he's got his hands all over the Star Wars universe, and he may be actually one of the the the, the biggest heirs, you could say, of uh, the storytelling genius of George Lucas. The one thing that sets him apart from George Lucas, I feel, is that he is so much more... Um, let's say a modern storyteller. Um, George Lucas often had amazing ideas and a, and, a, and a grandiose vision, but when it comes to realizing that vision, he was often way too much, like on top of everything, micromanaging everything. Um, and I think that ultimately a number of the movies suffered from that, especially the prequels. Um, this, the second prequel movie, you know, it has its. It's, it's good points, but a, a lot of the dialogue, a lot of the directing, and also the post-production process, um, it, it's really not on the same level as what Dave Filoni has shown to be able to do. So I feel that both story-wise, but also production-wise, Star Wars is in very good hands. So what happened, he's appointed as the chief creative officer at Lucasfilm. He already was the like CEO guy. <coughs> <coughs> excuse me, I've <clears throat> been sick for the past few days, so if I get super excited, my throat gets agitated. Um, so he is going to be the one who is in charge um, of the overall narrative of Star Wars. And so he's also, according to uh, <clears throat> an interview that he gave with Variety, which I will link to in the show notes, he's also going to be involved in the inception phase. So for, uh, right now he was, of course, like at the inception phase of uh, Rebels, Star Wars Rebels, and um, the the Bad Batch, and um, and Ahsoka, but there were many other television projects that were just conceived completely without his involvement, and he would sometimes be asked for his opinion, or he, of course he's a, a great font of knowledge, so he, he knows a lot about the the overall lore of Star Wars, so they would use him for that. But oftentimes, you know, some of these series, you, you can feel that it's a different type of storytelling and, and Dave Filoni wasn't involved. Sometimes that's also a good thing because, of course, Dave Filoni is just one, is one storyteller. He's got one style, you could say. You, you quickly recognize when Dave Filoni has been involved. And so, for instance, for Andor, I think it's actually very beneficial that, that Dave Filoni was not involved in this. Otherwise, it would have not been the same show, I think. But... We all agree that Star Wars needs a long-term vision and needs a certain coherence between all these different stories, especially now that they're prepping these all these new cinematic uh, stories for us. And so this, I think, is very good news that to, to, to see that he's got a, a much more like a, an, an overseeing role now so that um, you get a bit more of a, <clears throat> a one clear direction I think that they're learning from the things that went wrong with the Marvel universe, and we, we, we spoke about that last week. 
So um, I, I think I, 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 I'm excited that they are choosing to have one guy who is overlooking everything when it comes to the, the way this story goes forward. And, and of course, he's proven to, to, to become better every year. One of the things that he said in the interview is like, I, I've, I've been hands-on, so he's, he's been making the move from animation to live-action direction. And he says that is going to help him so much because not only will he be able to advise other creators as far as the Star Wars lore is concerned, but he also now knows what it takes to bring a story to life in real uh, in live action. And so he, he's he's been kind of trying out all these different aspects of storytelling. And that makes him a much more experienced leader in Lucasfilm and at Disney than he was when he was only doing animation. So I'm, I'm very, very excited about this. <clears throat> and of course, he's already uh, working on, on future stories as well. Uh, and, and this brings me to the next piece of news. Uh, I think it was in the same interview where they interviewed uh, the cast of Ahsoka and especially Rosario Dawson, who plays Ahsoka, the adult Ahsoka in the series, has some very interesting tidbits, notably that she believes that um, it's very likely that there will be a second season of Ahsoka. Um, and Dave also spoke about that. It's like, yeah, we're considering doing a second season which I think they would never be allowed to say if that wasn't already greenlit. So, um, and 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 if obviously, <clears throat> this this story needs a second season. You cannot just jump from Ahsoka the television series to directly to the theatrical movie that in which Dave Filoni wants to bring all these story threads from the Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett and and Ahsoka together in one movie because a movie is so short it's so little time for you know to do justice to all these different characters and storylines so i feel like television is actually such an enhancement of the the way in which you can tell star wars stories and especially do character development which is the forte i believe of andor and hopefully we'll also get a little bit more breathing room in the second season of ahsoka um the actress who plays sabine um says about this that that's her one regret that in Ahsoka there was so much that was happening so much that had to be told that the evolution of her character which is pretty important to the story just didn't have enough room to breathe and uh, she hopes that in the second season that will she will get that she will be able to bring more nuance to her character and I believe the same problem um, is true for Ezra uh, who is played by a brand new actor. We've never seen him before. He doesn't get much screen time. He only shows up in that second half of the series. But Ezra is such a fundamental character to that era of Star Wars, and he needs more, he needs more episodes. So I hope that not only they will green light a second season, but that they will also give it a few more episodes. It's, this is a series that could easily be 12 episodes, like double the size, or do two seasons, Although there's always this this feeling that they're rushing things, that that's what I felt in Ahsoka, I was like especially towards the end, it's just too much they wanted to cram in, and it all feels a bit rushed. So let's hope that they they improve. Um, and they've only has shown to be a quick learner. And then the last piece of news was also very exciting. This was a piece of an interview with Daisy Ridley, who of course played Ray in the sequel movies, and. Um, 
she was at the Star Wars celebration in London earlier this year and it was uh, announcing that she would be involved in another movie and she would be back. Her character, Ray would be back. Now she has told us that she has already read the script for her movie. So it's out, it's done. The story is there. And she said, um, it's very different from what I expected, which makes me excited and super curious because the only no, the only thing we knew about her movie is that it would feature an older Ray building a new Jedi Academy. So you immediately have, you, you base your idea of what that story is going to be about on what we already know about uh, about previous learning places like Dagobah where, where Yoda has his tiny little swamp academy and then before that we've seen glimpses of Luke Skywalker's attempt to form future Jedi and failing miserably at it of course which led to the big confrontation with with Ben Kenobi and then ultimately the 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 the, the birth of of Kylo Ren and so <clears throat> I kind of thought that they're probably going to do something similar, but no, apparently not. Apparently this is a different story. It may have that idea initially. And I'm thinking, so what would be so surprising that it could um, trigger Daisy Ridley? Like, oh, I didn't expect that. And I'm thinking, well, what if she builds, what if she turns to the dark side? We've seen her, like, uh, of course her, her, her descendancy, she, she, she stems from, 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 uh, from Sidious. Um, but what if somehow her Jedi school is is not the light side, but it's like dark side? Although I would also immediately be against that idea. It would be certainly be shocking and surprising. But I kind of like the fact that Rey is, despite her heritage and her, the dark side like provenance, that she is able to be like purely light side it shows that it doesn't matter where you come from as long as you make the right choices in life you will end up uh, on the right side of history so there's something empowering about that as well we'll see um but it's it's very cool she hopes and thinks that fans are going to be very excited about the story um and there is a slight hint very very in between the lines that this may be not just one movie this, there may be other stories that they're going to tell. So, ooh, such a great time to be a Star Wars fan. The most beloved fantasy story of all time. It is the tale of a small hobbit and the great wizard who appeared to him one day. All right, dude, check it out. Go like that way and then up this one mountain and then kill all the hippies you come across. No, no, I'm searching for a dragon's treasure. I'm the wizard, you're the dwarf, and you will respect my authority! I am no dwarf! Let's talk about Middle-earth, and more specifically, let's talk about Rings of Power Season 2. Of course, this is a year without a new television series. I so loved Rings of Power Season 1. I know that it has its detractors and people that weren't happy with the way that that series was done. I thought it was amazing. I, I loved it. I, I really want to rewatch it, especially because the next season is only going to be... Um, uh, launched uh, apparently from what I've seen I saw like a movie poster and it's a shot of like it's the camera is underwater looking up and then you see through the ripples of the water you see two silhouettes one according to me is Sauron and the other one seems to be Galadriel and they're standing side by side now this may of course just be a, a fictional image or just hinting at their relationship. Uh, so it may not actually be a real scene that we're, we're getting to see. 
But I thought it was interesting. It's really cool to and and then, but you never know. Things lately, I've been seeing some stuff on Facebook, and I'm I'm wondering like, is this for real? And then I Google it, and it turns out it's just a fan creation. So I'm starting to get really confused. People use AI to generate these images, and it looks so incredibly realistic. And that's one of the issues that I have with AI. I, I love it. It gets me so super excited, and then turns out to be yeah, it's just a fan creation. We used to do that with Photoshop, of course, but this becomes even even more realistic and and harder to see if this something is real or not. I think that was it last week that I mentioned like a what if series about Star Wars, where they would explore like variant timelines well what if luke and leia would rule the galaxy and would you know and darth vader would have um uh, still be their father or whatever uh and I, I i saw a poster and it looked so real and i was like wow that is such a cool idea because they did it very successfully with marvel but i think i, I think that it was fake and then the other day i also saw a glimpse of a tra- i thought it was a trailer for the skeleton crew um, which is another Star Wars series that we're going to see. And I was like, oh, no, it's a, it was on Monday. I was so sick. I was in bed. I had a, a very bad um, cold and a headache and the flu. Uh, or not the flu, but I, was, I had a fever. And, and, and I was like, no, there's a new trailer for the Skeleton Crew. I want to react. I, wanna, I need to record a reaction video because that's, you know, and, and I'm sick and I probably won't be able to do something for at least a couple of days. And then I heard nothing about it. So it was probably just a fan trailer. It was just, but I believed it. I thought it's like, oh my gosh, there's a new trailer. I got all excited. And then, yeah, it's just, anyway. Um, so this poster for the for the Rings of Power um, had a, uh, a date for the new series and that would be September, 2024. That sounds, that sounds reasonable to me, September, like the fall of 2024. So at least I'm I'm very happy that we know for sure that the Rings of Power, you know, they they greenlit basically the whole series. So it's it's not going to be suddenly cancelled, even though they might not make their money back. But you know, it's an Amazon Prime production. It's Jeff Bezos, he he doesn't even blink. Uh, it's a lot of money. It's one of the most expensive, if not the most expensive, television production of all time. But Bezos just wants to do it, and you know he's got the money. Um, so we'll see. Uh, another hmm, series that wasn't as fortunate um, is uh, Leigh Bardugo's Shadow and Bone series. Um, it's a very popular young adult uh, book series. It also had a spin-off book series called Six of Crows. Um, I've read the first book, and I was um, I I watched the first season or part of the first season but i got very confused because in the television series they integrated a lot of storylines from the books that i haven't read yet and they wove it into this was one of my issues with the television series there was too many characters i couldn't follow what was going on the book was a lot easier to read even a little bit simplistic um I, I was like, ah, it's a bit predictable. And so the television series did 
make some effort to to uh, turn the story make the story a little bit more complex and add more layers but it was a bit too much I, I just didn't have the information i suppose that for fans of the books that have already read everything it was perfectly understandable what was going on but i got lost and so that's probably why i didn't finish the first season they already filmed and um i think it's already published the second season um but then unfortunately they got the Right after the second season was launched, uh, the news broke that um, there won't be a third season. And also the spin-off series uh, based on uh, Six of Crows, which, according to the fans, is actually the superior book series, um, is also dead. So um, the author was interviewed and she said it was such a disappointment and she was heartbroken. And I can imagine because it, you know, in terms of production value, it looked really, really good. But yeah, that's the way things go. So sad. Let's talk about anime, one of my favorite topics, and maybe also the topic that I have the least in common with my current listeners to the show, uh, because um, anime is a bit more fringe than Star Wars and, and Lord of the Rings. I'm fully aware of that, but I will try to talk about it in a way that gets you excited, as in the same way I got excited about certain anime series. Certainly not everything, but anime is just another word for animation. So there are so many different genres, so many different types of anime, and some will be up your alley and others will, will be completely foreign to you and will stay foreign to you, just as it is in my case. So, but I'm sampling everything. I'm depending on my TikTok followers to give me hints, and they know me by now. I've been doing the TikTok videos for about a year now. Um, so I do get very valuable suggestions and I'm checking out series that I would never have checked out uh, if it were up to me. But I just I trust my audience. And so th this is how I've discovered Vinland Saga, which I talked about last week. And I've continued to watch it. This is also, for me, a way to handle my own television ADHD behavior where I would start so many different series and I would never finish any of these series. Um, but... I, I now want to first watch everything Vinland Saga. There are two seasons out there. There's going to be a third season, but it's no it's not yet there. The manga, it's based on the manga, which is kind of the comic book story. Um, and often in anime, actually, the, the, the anime, the animated version looks very similar to the manga. The manga is beautifully done. It's a very violent story, of course. I've already mentioned that. It's not a story for kids. But it's also extremely well executed and it's very well drawn. Plus, it, it's it's a good story. It's a really it's a story with a lot of depth, um, which is something I would have never discovered had I only seen the trailer for Vinland Saga because it's all about the fighting. But this show is ultimately about peace and about actually I think about Christianity and about the incredible power of of nonviolent faith. Um, but it you only discover the value uh, the values of christianity through a story that it's all about vengeance and 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 awful 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 wars um but isn't that close to our reality where we live out our faith in a world that is very very dark and where so much happens that is the total opposite of what we believe in and that makes faith sometimes a challenge you know it's, it's doesn't come by itself there's a lot that surrounds us that makes us wonder you know is this just a pipe dream what i believe in or is this really feasible well this story actually goes through the darkness to to show you the light 
And so what did, what did I discover this week? I watched a few more episodes. <clears throat> the boy, um, uh, Thorfinn, that we follow, whose father was murdered by Askeladd, who is a very evil um, guy from, I think he's a Viking from, maybe he's from Iceland. I'm not sure. But anyway, he's a bad guy. Um, but since he murdered uh, Thorfinn's father, the boy is, uh, has vowed to avenge his father by killing Askeladd. However, he's also... Hmm, a child of his father in a sense that he is a, he's a noble warrior, so he wants to exact justice um, by dueling with Askeladd. And Askeladd brings him along, and he says, you know, if you do this, if you behead that guy um, that I want to kill, do it for me, and you'll get another jewel. And then the boy loses another jewel. And, and, and Askeladd knows that the boy will not uh, uh, kill Askeladd in his sleep. No, it has to be a fair fight. The boy is actually too honorable. <laughs> so so he, he can manipulate uh, Thorfinn. So, or Thorfinn is a little bit older now. And this, these, the next few episodes that I've seen, and I still need to create a, a TikTok about it, is about the siege of London, which at the time in, you know, the year 2000, I think it's the year 1012 or around that time, is, is already a, a, a very a, um, burgeoning city, lots of co commerce. They built this big bridge over the River Thames um, that is almost like a fortress in itself. And Askeladd wants to conquer London, and so he's got a lot of Vikings with him, and they are unable to win because there's this big guy, um, a huge Viking, um, who is fighting with the Londoners. And um, even though he's a Dane, he's a Viking himself. And so Thorfinn is tasked to behead Thorkel the Tall. That's the name. So I'm like, wow, cool story. But how historical is this? Well, I did a bit of Googling. And it turns out, well, yeah, actually all these characters did exist. There was a giant Viking called Thorkel the Tall. Uh, he was a very, very evil guy. He had kidnapped an archbishop um, because, of course, the church also represented power and preached the total opposite of the values that the Vikings, well, the lack of values of the Vikings. Um, and we already know from history that um, some of these Christians were very effective in converting Vikings, the ones that settled in, in, in parts of, uh, of England, um, to Christianity. And so for a lot of the pagan Vikings, these Christians had to be eradicated. So this, this huge giant Thorkel the Tall kidnaps this archbishop. And then while he holds the archbishop in captivity, the archbishop is starting to convert his own fighter. So lots of Vikings are being converted to Christianity and they, they, they defect and everything. So Thorkel is getting more and more enraged and in, in, during a night uh, where all his soldiers get drunk, they, they murder the bishop. I'm not sure if that's going to be in, in um, Vinland Saga, but it was interesting to discover that part of, of, um, of history <clears throat> and, and church history, because that's what it is. There's also another character that was intriguing. There's this Danish king who is sent to England as well, uh, part of the Viking invasions, by his father. His father is a horrible king, very cruel, very, you know, he really wants to vanquish the, all the, you know, the Isles of, of England. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> and um, so he sends his son to... And he knows that his son is uh, ridiculed by most of the other Vikings because he's a bit 
effeminate, effeminate, how do you say that? He's he's a bit weak. The, The reason for that is he's actually Christian. So he prays a lot. He's very. He looks very fragile. He's got long hair, almost like a girl. He doesn't want to fight, and so he f- refuses to engage in a battle uh, to to conquer London. And and Thorkell is like, huh. So that's that's the prince. Oh, uh, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna capture that prince. You know, he's that. That will be my prize. Um, and then it, the, the Thorkel is just enraged that the prince doesn't attack him because, well, he's always in his tent praying to a crucifix. And so ultimately he, he ends up kidnapping the prince. And the prince is called Canute. Um, and it turns out his story is also true. This, is the, this really was a, a prince, a Danish prince, who ultimately in the 11th century became the king of not just England but also of Denmark and Norway, and part, part, partly also king of, the, of certain Swedes, he said. Um, and because he was a Christian, he was able to build a bridge between the Vikings and the pagan world and the, and the, and, and the Pope. The Pope was actually looked very favorable upon, upon King Canute. Now, this happens later on in his life, but I wouldn't be surprised if that is also going to be part of Finland Saga. I've only seen some episodes where we we get introduced to him, and it's like, yeah, how is this boy going to win the war? And it's kind of sad to see how much he's ridiculed by the other Vikings just because he's a Christian. Um, But apparently, that's just the beginning of his story, and he's going to grow into a great leader. I can't wait to see how much of that we see in the series. Now, of course, in the anime, he does meet Thorfinn, which is... Thorfinn himself is also based on a, a historical character. Most of, the, of Thorfinn's story is, uh, is made up. And also, the encounter between Canute and Thorfinn is probably fiction. But it is also a way to introduce us to these important characters in church history, in medieval history... Uh, through the, 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 by using this connection that we already have with Thorfinn, who he becomes our guide through Viking history. You know, this, this kind of stuff, this is why I love anime so much, and especially this series. So if you have access to it, I think it's on Netflix. You may want to check it out. And that wraps it up for this, um, for this episode, this Thanksgiving episode of my show, The Break. Hope I gave you some ideas on what to do when, whenever you have a break. And I hope you have a great break if you are currently celebrating Thanksgiving or the day after, which is like cold turkey day. <laughs> like all the, all the leftover turkey is used in many, many different recipes. I so wish I could join you. I've, I've been in the U.S. twice for, for Thanksgiving. And it was what, both, both times it was such an amazing amazing experience. So I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving day. I give thanks for you and I'm also extremely grateful for my for my supporters over at patreon.com slash fatherodrick. Um, you may be one of them. Um, and if not, if you would like to help me to continue what I do and I really need your support <clears throat> because uh, I love doing this work and I would like to continue but someone has to pay for it and the Pope doesn't send me any money. So if you can, if you have the means, one of the ways that you can say thank you to me for what I try to do with with my mission, um, then just take a look at my Patreon page and maybe consider becoming a, a one of my sponsors. 
Take care. God bless. Happy Thanksgiving.